Partners, salutations. Welcome to the premiere of Late Night Lobotomies, the podcast that's good for both sides of your brain and the goo in between. So let me explain a little bit about how this podcast is going to work, and then we will talk a little bit about ourselves, and then we'll get to our topic. We're going to have some episodes with both Will and I, Ev, and we'll get some intimate ones just with me or some with some of the best and brightest that the Twin Cities has to offer. We want to bridge the gap between uh, right and left brains through conversation, entertainment, and vulnerability around the emotional and intellectual sides of life, both sides of it. From mental health to UFOs, from sex work to cartoons, from rehab to Florida Man, we'll cover right brain stuff and left brain stuff that you will love. Will and I want to have a nice open relationship with you listeners. We guys, We want you guys to feel... Uh, as heard and seen as we do. So be sure to check us out on Instagram at Late Night Lobotomies uh, to DM us with any questions or responses, suggestions, just to say hi, anything works. And of course, follow, give us a five-star review, leave a review as well, wherever you end up listening to this. And uh, we'll be releasing a new episode every Thursday on Spotify. We'll branch out to other platforms in the future, but for now, we're just going to stick with Spotify. And uh, finally, we are just going to be hard at work here to deliver you guys the gooey content that you all deserve and love. So, now that we're clear on the rules, let me tell you a little bit about who's setting up shop inside your ears. So, my name's Ev Tryon. I'm 25 years old at the time of this recording though I am expected to be older in the future, probably when you're listening to this. I was born and raised a few miles outside of Minneapolis. I've now been living in the big city proper for about five years. I'm pansexual, non-binary. I use they, them pronouns. I'm a newly sober alcoholic. But don't worry, I still smoke weed. I love Star Wars, cooking, horror movies, of course, podcasts. I have a tiny little dog named Finn. Uh, I have a degree in communication studies after going to five different colleges where I found the love of my life, my own voice. I've been infatuated with talk radio since I was a kid, waiting for the school bus uh, while waiting uh, in my dad's car in the winter. It gets really cold here in Minnesota, and we would wait for the school bus in his car, watch all the other kids whose parents had already left for work, uh, just have to stand there in the cold. And we were mean and never invited them in. But that's not the moral of the story. The moral of the story is that I've been obsessed with radio for a long time, and my goal for this podcast is to make you all feel like you're hanging out with just a couple of friends in the warm car on a cold day. So I hope that that is the feeling that you get. And if it's not, let me know. So yeah, that's just a brief scoop of my modern-day self, and uh, I look forward to sharing my past and my future with you all. All right, Will, how about you? So I'm Will, uh, played by Edward Norton, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm 28 years old at the time of recording this. 
honest. I went to two universities for a number of years to almost have a communications degree. Um, I grew up in northern Minnesota. Ghost goddess. Mm-hmm. Maybe I listening to this on Halloween. That'd be fun. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you got the jazzy beat. <laughs> Ooh, ghosts love jazz. I do too. Um, yeah, I uh, most of my love of audio comes in for music. Spent a number of years working at record stores in the Minnesota area. Been in the Twin Cities area for six years soon here, I think. Yeah, that's how Evan and I met initially was working at a local record store. And, uh, yeah, do we name that? I don't think we should. Okay. I feel like it's going to slip out sometimes. It's going to be a whole thing when it does, but we don't got to start there. Yeah. Yeah. We're lawyered up. No. (laughs) Distinctly not. (laughs) Yet. Yeah. Yeah. So watch out. You know who you are. Yes. Yeah. That's how you set a hook. Now now the viewers, (laughs) the listeners, whatever we want to call them. The lobotomites. The lobotomites. They got to come back. Yeah. They got to know about that. Um, yeah, otherwise, uh, I'm a big fan of music, I play a lot of video games, I am a very political, philosophical, armchair kind of person, and, uh, I have the awareness enough to say that to you, so you know I'm not completely helpless, or hopeless. And also sitting in an armchair. Sitting in an armchair sideways, in a very fruity way for the mic, Mm -hmm. uh, because I also am a queer young person, use they, them. Pronouns. I don't know if I can say young person at 28. Yeah, you're young. Young enough. Yeah, young at heart. The doctors keep telling me i got to worry about it, because that ain't the case. Hey, you don't like a day over 29. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I roped Will into this by making them live with me. Um. <laughs> it's been working great. I love it, to be honest. Yeah. We could have a whole podcast dedicated to what it is to be good roommates. And I think we'd just be giggling, talking back and forth. <laughs> yeah, probably. We are both good roommates. It's been wonderful. That'll be a fun thing for us to ask people about. Mm-hmm. Is best roommate story, worst roommate story. Do you think any of our friends have ever been the asshole roommate? I could believe it. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who I feel like have come a long way. But I also have some friends who are particular in their own ways. <laughs> have you ever been the asshole roommate? I think in college, my mm-hmm. like I had a roommate in college, and we met up, and we had like a survey. It was a page, and it was like, circle the number that you know associates with how you feel about this statement. Mm. And we're going to match you to a roommate. We met up, we talked for about a half hour, we realized, like, I don't hate you. You're not, like, on the wrong side of things. We have nothing to talk about. (laughs) None of our interests are congruent. And uh, that was my first year of college. I almost never slept. Mm. We had two rooms. Like, you came in through his room and then into my room, and there was no door. So if I came home at a weird hour, and I always did because I never slept, I had to go past his bed to get to my room. Uh, I brought somebody with me. like always style. Yeah, and there's just no no dividing for him, no no hiding from my, my habits. And he, we never spoke after that first day more than just like, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. 
never heard nothing. Like, he was friends with other people I was friends with. Never heard mm-hmm. nothing. No complaints. I never had any. Yeah. Sometimes he stayed up really late and played video games with the volume on and, like, fair enough, dude. No, he sounds boring. But maybe he hated me. That could, that could be the case. That's the one I know where it's like, yeah, that wasn't great. Mm. Well, you should definitely dwell on that. I don't. No. But you asked. <laughs> <laughs> how about you, Ev? Tell me about how you've been awful. Oh, many and many a ways. Um, yeah, what's something awful I did as a roommate? I, when I was really heavily drinking in college, um, I would come home really late. And, um, there's a few times that I thought I had, like, forgot my keys or, like, left them inside. I lost them, something, um, and, (laughs) but somehow still, like, drove to the bar. A lot of it doesn't make sense. I woke up in the, in the back of my car one morning, um, not knowing that I had, like, gotten home, anything like that, Mm. uh, and like vaguely remembered being like oh i fuck i forgot my keys i just have to i just have to sleep in my car but i have my car keys attached to my regular keys yeah it was it was dumb someone saw me like spill out of that car in the morning too like picking up their paper or some shit but that wasn't with a roommate no the roommate thing was that i would come home drunk and not have my keys and just like yell up to my roommate like Hi. I love it, and this is a—I mean, this is more of a bad neighbor thing than a bad roommate thing. Because I was on the second floor, so I'm standing just in front of first floor windows at like 3 a.m. Yeah. Oh, I love it, <laughs> love it. Yeah. Okay, but that's enough housekeeping for today. Bad housekeeping. Bad housekeeping. Uh, let's get into our very first subject. So, um, this will be old news by the time. People are listening to this, uh, but there's no way that I could pass up talking about Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens. Um, I don't even think this has to be old news. This is the Pee Wee retrospective for the kind of research you've been talking. It is, yeah. Yeah, we're going to take a look at them, and this is going to be a two-parter. So, uh, yeah, today we'll go from, you know, uh, the start of Paul Rubens' childhood, um, and we'll go up until right before is 1991 arrest so this one is going to be all happy no sads uh can you do a peewee impression oh you're putting me on the spot for it with a mic in my it wasn't face. a it wasn't know. a do a peewee impression it's a, a can you can i <laughs> <laughs> that's about the best i could do that's not too bad i feel like i could i'm a little feeling a little mic shy right now Bye bike. That's not bad, right? Bubbity stole bye bike. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Your your ha ha your ha is good. Okay, yeah. Thanks. You got that going right. Thanks. Um, so Pee Wee meant a lot to I pretty much everybody that I know growing up. Um and it's weird to think so what year were you born? Ninety four? Ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah. Um so Pee Wee's stuff had ended by then. Um, I think, yeah, the, um, Pee Wee's Playhouse went until 1990, and by the, ne- by the time Next Stuff came out, we were grown-ups already, 
Mm. So we had been watching this stuff on reruns. Yeah. I Like 15-year-old reruns. <laughs> I was watching a lot of it because it was, uh, I mean, my mom, self, she self-admittedly was a little too old for it when she was watching some of it even, but like. She loved it growing up, mm-hmm. and it seems like a, a lot of people of her generation, a little older, a little younger even, do too, very fondly remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my dad is the same way. He would have been in his early 20s during Pee-wee's, uh, you know, big stardom, which makes sense. I mean, this stuff yeah. is still, I mean, we we just watched Big Adventure the other night, and still holds up Is <laughs> I've it's probably funnier to us now than it would have been as kids. Yeah, no, I mean, we're getting every level of the humor as much as we can, and it's a, it's a timeless enough film that if it came out today, I think it would just still be very positively received. It, it mm-hmm. None of the humor... I don't remember any of it feeling so dated where it was like, wait, what? What? Yeah. Hey, that's a, I think Pee-wee as a character has a very similar, like, maybe philosophy almost is like how Weird Al carries it of like this is timeless enough and safe enough that it should never be put out again. It's always going to be funny and it should be for almost everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good comparison to Weird Al. I always kind of thought of him as um, like the next iteration of Mr. Bean. Or Mr. Bean was probably I think we might be talking I mean, yeah. I wonder if there's any influence crossover between the yeah, two of them. Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, okay, so... <laughs> Tony should say that, though, considering Mr. Bean is notoriously not speaking. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair, yeah. Oh, and when he does, his voice is so... Ugh. You know. True. It's like a... It's like if Pee-wee's yelling voice could whisper. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay, so Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee-wee Herman, was born Paul Rubenfield, or Rubenfeld, on August 27th, 1952, in upstate New York. It's coming up. It's birthday. Should we do something? Should we <laughs> rewatch all of the Pee-wee stuff that I just watched? We could Pee-wee. <laughs> um, so even though he was 70 when he passed away, it's, it's weird to think of him being born that early. Yeah. You know, 1952. I guess, you know, in... in um, uh, Pee-wee's Big Holiday, the 2016 one, he had uh, de-aging technology in it, so I think a lot of his aging was, was behind the screen, you know, sure. you didn't really get to see him age in the in the spotlight, but um, I mean, the Pee-wee babies. character is kind of ageless and, and timeless. Yeah, it's, uh, the character hinges on being played by an adult, but it's all about the performance and being so childlike, it's... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Distinctly ageless. Yeah. Confusingly ageless. Perfectly yeah. ageless. <laughs> um, yeah, everything that I've seen has had me confused on how old he's supposed to be in the movie or the show and how old he is in, in real life. Yeah. Um, but his dad was a former Air Force pilot turned car salesman and his mom was a teacher. Isn't your mom a teacher? No. Huh. Somebody's mom's a teacher. I'm a teacher. Um, so do you think she'd want to be? <laughs> no, she'd be horrible at it. Mm. Love you, mom. Uh, they so the, fam- <laughs> the family relocated to. Wow, what a wild edit that was. 
<laughs> and we're back. <laughs> um, so the family relocated to Sarasota, Florida. Uh, gross. Don't like Sarasota. Uh, no. Where little Polly would grow up. Uh, this part is fun. Do you, so do you know anything about the Ringling Brothers? The circus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of created the the archetype for modern... Well, I mean, I guess modern circuses, but like you know, the when you think of a circus and popcorn and peanuts and elephants and um, trapeze artists and bearded ladies and stuff, the Ringling Brothers kind of, um, well, they thought it was uh, God. What's his name? Who's the guy who said there's a sucker born every minute? P.T. Barnum. I thought he invented yeah. the circus. Well, so uh, the Ringling Brothers and uh, oh, I. I forgot how to say this guy's name. Hakalia? Hakalia? Someone, Bailey, and P.T. Barnum, um, they operated traveling circuses starting in the early 1800s. The Ringling Brothers joining in with them, starting a business with them, was kind of what commercialized it a little bit more. Um, But yeah, I mean, arguably, yeah, P.T. Barnum is is the the father of the American circus. we're going to have to cover him at some point. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite things that he ever did. So he was like a big hoax, uh, hoax artist, con man kind of thing. Um, he had a like a museum of oddities. His big exhibit, one of his big exhibits was a mermaid. Um, but it was actually just the top half of a monkey sewed on to the bottom half of a fish. Fiji mermaid. Hell the Fiji yeah. mermaid, yeah. yeah. See? Um, yeah, it's stuff like that that when I was <laughs> researching, like, we have to cover this guy. But yeah, I think Barnum and the Ringling Brothers we should we should cover. But yeah, you know, big striped tents, human cannonballs, um, lots of tricks with animals, stuff that wouldn't happen today. They did all of it. Um, and it's actually still a operating company today. They don't mm. do stuff with animals anymore. Bummer. But... Um, I always get P.T. Barnum and E.B. Farnham mixed up. E.B. Farnham was the first mayor of Deadwood. <laughs> um, yeah? Yeah, yeah. so if you've ever <laughs> looked into Deadwood or watched the show, yeah, E.B. Farnham was the first mayor. I thought that they were the same person for the longest time. I'm like, wow, isn't that fascinating that after being mayor of Deadwood, P.T. Barnum became a circus <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um anyways so i bring up the ringling brothers because politicians is a kind of circus yeah 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 isn't it mm-hmm. how about that getting real politically charged here oh yeah, yeah. bringing in that armchair i was talking about <laughs> yeah. um so i bring up the ringling brothers because the group used sarasota as their winter home uh reuben said that there was circus people everywhere growing up his high school even had an after-school circus program. Wouldn't that be fun? Get done with class and go. What, what would your What would your act have been? I'd be one of those incredibly sad clowns. Oh no! Oh, the so really good. sad clowns yeah. with a barrel, wearing a barrel. Yep, I would just sit there with my sad makeup on, doing my homework, so I could get that out of the way <laughs> and also do this silly program. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be in it, huh? No, that's just my mm-hmm. high school vibe, was just get it done, get it done. Okay, that's fair. I, I think I would have wanted to teach the teach the elephants how to paint. 
You've seen that, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? Or a bearded lady. What if the elephant... <laughs> a bearded lady, yeah. Yeah. The bearded lady. <laughs> so, what if the elephants tried to teach you to paint? What would you say? I'd say touche, elephant. The tables have turned. The elephanters become the elephant <laughs> Elephant. <laughs> Um, Alright, so Reuben said that for a couple weeks, he and his neighbors kept hearing random loud booms, and they didn't know where they were coming from. Then, one day they... Can I take a guess? Yeah, take a guess. Dynamite fishing? No. Shoot. More fun than that, actually. Okay. So, one day they hear the boom, and saw a man fly from one backyard to another backyard, because they were practicing the human cannonball. Oh, that is more fun. Yeah. Isn't that crazy though that you can they can do that without like blowing your feet off? I don't get it. I remember um what was the Nick was it Kids Kids Choice Awards, the Nickelodeon Choice Awards where you'd get slimed? So Jack Black always hosted. Where I get right? Huh? I'm not gonna get slimed. <laughs> oh, that would be fun to have a slime trap in the house. I'll talk to Izzy and Dom upstairs, see if we can't work something out. Don't talk to the landlord. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have slime insurance? <laughs> um, so, Jack Black was hosting, and the whole night they had this, like, countdown to Jack Black is gonna get shot out of a cannon into a pool of slime. And it, they were, like, hyping it up the whole night. It looked so fun. And then they go to do it, and it's, like, a pre-taped thing. <laughs> And so they, like, show him getting into a cannon and then, like, have a green screen of him just going, ah, flailing his arms through the air. And then cut to him, like, standing up out of a baby pool filled with slime. Mm. I was so disappointed. They hyped it up the whole night. And it wasn't even real. And you know what? If he wasn't Jack Black, I wouldn't have forgiven him. But he's our sweet angel. That's really disappointing. I know. I know. I still harbor resentment to this day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can catch me never watching any Nickelodeon thing ever. Not wrong for it. That really is. Uh, no. They did you dirty. That's true. I, I, that's not true. I watch so many cartoons. <laughs> I can't remember the last time that I've seen a real face that wasn't you sitting in front of me. All animated. Anyways. Didn't you work yesterday? Did I? Touche. Okay, so growing up around the circus clearly influenced uh, Paul Rubin's work. Um, it had to have given him the entertainment spark to see people like, like you have to be devoted to your art to be in the circus. Yeah. Or you're, you know. I feel like his parents both, it sounds like, came from like career paths where having a certain amount of charisma would get you further too. It, I think it would have, it would have enveloped him. Mm-hmm. been around people's people even if he wasn't one yeah absolutely yeah i mean he... and i think he was <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah you can you can really see the um you know direct influence of the circus in big top Wee. when he was only five years old he asked his dad to build him a small stage and he and his brothers would act out plays thank you five years old what were you doing at five playing n64 uh, chicken nuggies. Chicken nuggies for sure. 
scented markers. Mine was full of scented markers. Maybe you had too many scented markers, and that's why you don't remember. Okay, so Rubens went to a couple different colleges in New England before getting accepted into the CIA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that CIA, though. Mm. The California Institute of Art. I mm. got you. Uh, and thus began his career in comedy. Would you... uh, if you were about to tell me that Pee Wee was a psyop, I was so ready. Yeah, I could get on board with that. It would have broken my heart a little, but I would have been ready. Yeah, yeah. I'll let him sigh up any part of me. It's Pee Wee, you know? It's Pee Wee. It's the perfect one. Like, yeah, perfect celebrity to be a sigh up. Sigh up Pee Wee, that's what they call him. Sigh up Pee Wee. In the 70s, Rubens grew his name in the L.A. comedy scene. Uh, He performed in clubs, appeared on The Gong Show over a dozen times. I think it's like 14 or 15 times he was on The Gong Show. What's The Gong Um, Show? That's the the game show with a big gong. It's like the kind of like the like the dating game type era. He was also on the dating game. I forget the the rules of the gong show. Did you get gonged off if you're not funny or something. I don't know. I never watched it, but I know that it's a old school game show. And now I guess we'll just have to cover it so I don't look like an asshole. <laughs> That's how it works, yeah. yeah. And uh, so yeah, gong show, dating game, and then joined the Groundlings. The Groundlings That's is, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a comedy school uh, like Second City and UCB, which I just learned stands for United Citizen Brigade. I thought it, I thought the C was for Chicago for some reason. It's in L.A. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? But yeah, Chicago. so people like Conan, Lisa Kudrow, Kristen Wiig, Jimmy Fallon, Will Ferrell, Maya Rudolph, Melissa McCarthy, Will Forte, and of course Phil Hartman are all alumni of alumnus alumni of uh, of uh, Groundlings. Some of those people are funny, and some of those people are really funny. Yeah, who's who's really funny in that list for you? I think when Conan's given the the time to write, I would say he probably like. He'll get me the hardest yeah. I expect. I think, yeah, Conan's the best writer yeah. uh, out of them, for sure. Um, although, Phil Hartman, yeah. you'll come to discover, is my is my heartthrob. Included in the very funny category. Mm-hmm. Another one that we should cover. We should, we're should. we going to have fucking 20 topics to cover by the end of this episode. Good. 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 We'll see you next Christmas for fresh content. Enjoy our episode about the gong show. <laughs> And if you're coming here because we referenced this episode on the Gong Show episode, welcome to our podcast. Welcome to episode one where we (laughs) promised we'd do an episode about the Gong Show. Um, So, um, yeah, the great Phil Hartman from Simpsons fame. He was supposed to be on Futurama. What's the character? Zap Brannigan. You know him? He was created specifically for Phil Hartman. uh, Cocky blonde. Chad, space yeah. commander. Yeah. Gif. Yeah. 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 That was a role created for a character created for him, and he unfortunately did not make it long enough to play that character. But still a hilarious character, and you can still tell that I think it's Dan Castellaneta that voices him 
is doing a Phil Hartman impression. You can hear what it was meant to be. The, exactly. the DNA is still there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love um, uh, Troy McClure on The Simpsons. That's top five characters, for sure. Mm. Okay. Anyways. So, Phil and Paul come up with Pee Wee character in 1978. It's a loud, ecstatic, goofy man-child who loves his toys and his friends. And, um... His, his town, usually, in most settings. Pee-wee comes from a Pee-wee brand harmonica that he owned as a kid, and Herman was the name of uh, an energetic kid that he knew growing up. Do you know any Hermans? I don't think I've met any Hermans, and if I have, they've been upwards of 85 years old. No, I don't think mm. I know a single Herman currently in my life. Good. Yeah? Get him out of here. No Hermans allowed. So, Take the Harrisons <laughs> with them. Yeah, I don't like Harrisons either. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Rubens performs <laughs> performs as Pee Wee uh, at the Groundlings. He uh, auditions for SNL for the 1980-81 season, but loses it to none other than Gilbert Gottfried. Also passed away recently. That recently? That was this year. Yeah. 2023? 2023. Is it really? Yep. Yeah, it was so long ago. It could have been 2022. I think it was this year. Regardless, he was so resentful uh, resentful about not getting SNL that he did the fuck it, I'll start my own show bit, uh, which led to the Pee Wee Herman show, which is a live can, show. Can you imagine if Pee- the Pee Wee Herman show had just been an SNL bit occasionally, sometimes? Yeah. It would have, I think... Either avenue, it would have ended up getting made into a movie or a TV show. I mean, look I at mean, you know Wayne's World and yeah, but fucking like Coneheads got. It. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying though. Is there's so many bad ones. I'm. I feel like this is one of the instances of fuck it, I'll do it myself. That maybe turned out as like optimal as it could have. Oh, I think so. I don't think Pee Wee's so Playhouse would have been nearly as good with SNL and yeah. some production. Yeah, every now and then, you know, you see someone that almost got SNL or who was on SNL and has thrived afterwards. That, yeah. You know, like, um... Can you imagine if they'd tried to make Pee-wee topical? <laughs> Pee-wee on Weekend Update. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been... No. Yeah. But, like, think of, like, Tim Robinson. Yeah. You know, like, SNL shit the bed on him. So... Rubens, Hartman, and a handful of others started the Pee Wee Herman show at the Groundlings, and then they moved it to the Roxy Theater on Sunset Strip. Uh, The show did matinees for kids and the more popular midnight shows for adults. The kids' version was pretty much what Pee Wee's Playhouse ended up being, um, and the adult version was the same thing, just rolled in sex jokes. Ooh. Yeah. Pee Wee had very, very dirty beginnings. Mm. It's it's wild to think that this became a, a kid's show, you know, because it was always supposed to have that. It was funny because it looked like a kid's show, but, like, for example, he um, uh, wears mirrors on the tops of his shoes so that he can look up a lady's dress, <laughs> you know. that That's gross, first and foremost. <laughs> but the humor of that is being like a man-child thing. Like, yeah, that's Pee Wee. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they did not have to keep going forward with that. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's 
a good amount of it left over in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and especially, you're going to love hearing about the weird shit in Big Top Pee-wee, because, yeah, the movies kind of keep that, a little bit of that sexual mm. innuendo, to, not, and, and Big Top, not even close to innuendos, just like, a more literal straight in up or, yeah, <laughs> in the endo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, my, my favorite joke that he did in this was uh, the character Hammy. His zipper is down, and PV goes, Hey, Hammy, you got a license to sell hot dogs? <laughs> Which I think I'm going to start using. <laughs> I think I have to. This one introduced <laughs> lots of characters that would end up being on PV's Playhouse. Um, did like, they have Cherry? They did not have Cherry oh. on this. Cherry was new to Playhouse. That, that does make sense. I was yeah. just hopeful. <laughs> Love but they um, they did have uh, Phil Hartman's Captain Carl, uh, John B. the Genie, Miss Yvonne, Mailman Mike. Um, Mailman Mike is a stud. He's hot. I know he's like supposed to be hot, but like controversial statement. I I see I see why people make the, you know, hey your kid looks so much like the mailman, jokes. Mailman. Or is it mailman? I don't know. It depends on what your mom is into. Fair enough. You know? UPS driver, DoorDash. Yeah, it's it's just really fun performance art. So yeah, uh, he did the live show for three years, um, eventually taking it on tour, stopping at none other than our very own Guthrie Theater in mm-hmm. Minneapolis, and uh, sold out Carnegie Hall. During this era, the, the Pee Wee Herman show era, Rubens was appearing as Pee Wee on david letterman every two months for two whole years and letterman loved peewee <laughs> he had this to say about him what makes me laugh about this character is that it has the external structure of a bratty precocious kid but you know it's being controlled by the incubus the manifestation of evil itself <laughs> <laughs> isn't wow. that yeah that's is very easy to believe that letterman was a huge peewee fan I guess uh, I've just never felt like Pee Wee was an evil presence. Yeah. But I, I think maybe the, the mind of Pee Wee, or maybe he's referring more to Paul Rubin's mind as the mm. the evil presence. Who knows? But mm. I thought that that was cute and fun. But yeah, back to SNL. Like, SNL doesn't even recycle characters, you know, every two months. Or rarely does. So the fact that he was on Letterman this frequently for two whole years is uh, yeah. is awesome. And that's, you know, kind of what led to the world only seeing Pee-wee and not Paul Rubens. Because, you know, he's a, a common household name now. He's being introduced on the show as Pee-wee Herman. And he credits credit him as Pee-wee Herman. And then in 1985, he puts the final nail in Paul Rubin's coffin with his first feature film, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. This episode of Late Night Lobotomies is brought to you in part by Too Fast, Too Seinfeld. What's the deal with family? Have you ever thought that the Fast and the Furious franchise isn't funny enough, or that Seinfeld doesn't have enough street racing? From the producers of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee and Tokyo Drift comes Too Fast, Too Seinfeld. Two unlikely allies, Jerry Seinfeld and Vin Diesel, must team up to take down the evil soup Nazi regime in this thrilling 24-part miniseries. 
If one thing is for sure, this crew won't let any dingo eat their family. Tune in Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Central for brand new episodes. Don't miss the crossover event of the century, Too Fast, Too Seinfeld, only on Napster Plus. Tim Burton direct. Tim Burton directed it. 26 years old he was. Isn't that wild? He was 23 when he did his first his first movie. And like 25 when he did Frankenweenie. Alright, uh, you gotta eat your... You gotta make the next Pee-wee film. Ooh. Pee-wee's big... Pee-wee's big... Ernest goes to jail. Mm. <laughs> um, Alright. big family vacation. <laughs> yeah. Christmas vacation. There we go. So... What did what did Big Adventure mean to you as a kid? Were you watching more Pee Wee's Playhouse, or or was Big Adventure on your radar? I had a few uh, VHS copies of Burned Playhouse stuff. Okay. So I haven't nearly seen every episode. I think they're all maybe from within like a few years of each other, or mm-hmm. a few seasons, because like certain things are the same in all of them. But I think some of them were maybe a later season that just looks a little better. Maybe mm-hmm. the rips a little better. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's a movie that, especially for me, when I watch it now, it's not just that I'm seeing it and watching it and remembering the lines. I'm remembering my mom saying the lines mm-hmm. because it was just one of her favorites, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I know I watched it growing up. I think that it was, I think it was too, a little bit was too scary for me at uh, Which part times. scared you? We'll get into that later. Okay. Um. Yeah, rewatching it, I, 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 everything was coming back to me, and I, God, I just, I love that movie. It's so weird. It's so chaotic. Um, what do you think? It holds up. I think it really think holds it up. Yeah. yeah. And okay, yeah, the scary. Uh, I, I'll say it now. Large March, obviously, mm. terrifying, and something about the clown. You know, that he changed his bike to. Oh, yeah. sure. Um, there is something ominous about that clown. Large Marge, <laughs> I feel like, is such a clear parody. But when mm. you're a kid, yeah, it is just like, oh, that's this is how a ghost story would be. Mm-hmm. And then, boom! <laughs> it looked like this! So, um, it was written by, again, Paul Rubens and Phil Hartman, originally as a remake of the movie uh, Pollyanna? Have you seen that? No, I haven't either. No. Um, it's uh, it's based off I mean, of... I've, I've seen every movie, but not that one. Yeah, not yeah. that one. I guess it was a Disney movie based off of um, a series of books by the same name that had... Uh, they were overly optimistic. They called them glad, glad books or glad novels, something like that. Mm. So, yeah, I'll have to do more research. I tried to that'll look into the, it. There's like a million different Pollyanna That'll be the things. back half of the gong episode. Yeah, gong <laughs> yeah episode. that'll be the B-side. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They uh, they changed the story up, though. <laughs> they So, the, the idea of the bike came from um, after they had hired Tim Burton and they were already on, <laughs> on set. Rubens was getting mad because like different... Um, like, crew members will have bikes on studio lots so that they can get around fast. And he wanted a bike really bad. He didn't know why he couldn't have one. 
And so Warner Brothers got him this like red Schwinn bike, and he loved it and rode it around, and it just like clicked like, oh well, I like this bike, so we're gonna do a movie <laughs> about me loving this bike. But I think Tim Burton was the perfect choice for this. You can in the other films you can you can really feel his his absence. You know, it's. I think of like the the world that he creates around Pee Wee is like the world that he creates around Batman and Gotham. Like Gotham is a character in and of itself. Pee Wee's world. Pee Wee's world is not a Gotham. character. Right. Yeah. 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 It's okay. Pee Wee's version of Gotham. You know. He is the hero they deserve. <laughs> Tim Burton was also the guy that uh, in the alley that Pee Wee hissed at when he was really upset about. Losing his by the guy like asks for a dollar or something oh, and Pee Wee hisses at him. <laughs> that was Tim Burton. So I love how simple the the plot is for this, for like as wild of a ride that he goes on between point A and point B. Like you never forget like when, like Pee Wee just needs the bike. Like the stakes That's feel it. like genuine. That's you know it's yeah. a simple plot. You don't forget his motives and like. You, it's it's easy to root for him. Like you want Pee Wee to get the bike. <laughs> this is a kid's Saturday afternoon. He just also mm-hmm. manages to get to Texas that time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know and have still made it this far, um, Pee Wee is living happily in his goofy uh, spring-loaded house in his little town, where he rides his bike and annoys his neighbors. Everybody um, loves him. It's just the rich neighbor. Is he the one that he's the that he when he's watering his flowers that's splashing his windows? But like that guy just like closes his windows. He's ready yeah. for it. Yeah, he, he just tolerates Pee This is just part of living in this town. <laughs> no, because that's one of the things I like about the movie is like there's just this like harmony in the neighborhood, and then this other rich adult child brat shows yeah. up and just wants the bike. Oh, fucking Francis! Francis God. sucks. Yeah, but uh, before we get to Francis. The opening sequence of this movie, I fucking love the the Rube Goldberg machine making breakfast and Pee Wee's getting ready. And this is where like Danny Elfman is at his best with the score. Da 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 da. That it's like so chaotic <laughs> and so like it's just making breakfast. But I feel like anxious and I think that is uplifted. just like a separate classical piece of music. I don't know. I think it is. We'll have to. We'll do it. We'll do a fact check on that. That would be fun if Danny mm-hmm. Elfman just took like some Mozart and <laughs> warped it into Pee Wee. Um, yeah. yeah, Danny Elfman, the greatest again of Simpsons and many other things. Boingo, boingo. <laughs> so Pee Wee is in love with his bike. Uh, he's deeply, madly in love. Madly in love. He's repulsed by Dottie. Though, that works at the bike shop. She yeah. she wants some romance, and Pee Wee isn't having it. She's really sweet. <laughs> she is sweet, and he does later apologize to her. I'll I'll give him that. All right, Francis. Fuck that kid. Fucking Francis, another man child. The only other really like there's Pee Wee in his world, yeah. and then he's like mirrored by Francis. He is like, like the, the antithesis. Same vibe, but just sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's evil Pee-wee. Stinky Pee-wee. Dark Pee-wee. <laughs> Shin Pee-wee. Did you, did you know any Francis's growing up? Not the name, but the 
the character type? Uh, no, honestly. He is so cartoonish. Mm. You went to a, a pretty financially well-off school, though. You know any Francis's? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So those kids can be real. Yes, they absolutely can. They absolutely can. They can have everything that they could ever want, and they still want your shit. Yeah, there mm-hmm. was a older kid up the street from me that um, wanted my my flying turtle. You ever is have a, a flying turtle? Is that a turtle? kite? <coughs> Excuse me, no. Um, no, it's like a little scooter that you sit on, and it's got like bike handlebars that stick out, and you got to twist them back and forth to go forward. I'll show you oh, a picture I've later. Seen they're them. they're fun. Yeah, never never had the chance with one. Yeah, horrible for your for your fingers, hmm. for sure. Uh, so Fran- Francis hires a motorcycle riding greaser <laughs> to steal <laughs> to yeah. steal Pee-wee's bike, which leads him on a cross country journey to find it. <laughs> and the bike is, according to the the phony psychic in the basement of the Alamo. Yeah. Um, do you remember the greaser? That felt so out of bounds. Just like this bad boy on a motorcycle chewing on a toothpick and spiky hair. He's he's the guy to go to to lift a bike for you. I, I feel like he was kind of the third adult child character who we just didn't get enough t- time to spend with. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> yeah, the whole outfit has that same kind of feel of like, yeah, it fits, but yeah. it's a little too small, a little too hemmed, a yeah. little too short. It's like Sid from Toy Story growing up. Oh um, no, Sid is a Sid is a dark, chaotic kind Sid's of a Francis. evil. Sid's not a Francis. Okay. Sid's a Sid. <laughs> so the first leg of Pee Wee's uh, hitchhiking trip is with Mickey, the escaped convict. Mm. Um, I liked Mickey. Mickey's Mickey, great. Mickey weirdly turned me on. Totally not my type. But what, did, what was his crime again? He cut the tag off a mattress? <laughs> he cut the tag off a mattress. <laughs> yeah. And then was like subsequently murdering cops to escape, yeah, or at least was right. ready to. Yeah. Yeah, that's when we you get... You gotta do what the... you gotta do. I mean, it's just cops, but... <laughs> that's when we get Pee-wee in drag. Yeah. Um, also turned me on. <laughs> Looking great. She's Looking great. It. Rosy cheeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've seen some good couples Halloween costumes of Pee-wee and Mickey. Going through the checkpoint, I think that would be fun. But um, after that, then of course we have Large Marge, the mm-hmm. ghost trucker. I'm happy that this is audio only because I've rewatched Large Marge like fucking thirty times throughout this research. Yeah, and I don't need to see it again. It's scary. Um, but it's such a weird thing to toss in to the movie. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like up until then, like. The characters in Pee-wee's world are, like, goofy and exaggerated, but they're all, like, tangible <laughs> things that he comes across, and then all of a sudden we just toss in a fucking ghost. I mean, you know? I don't feel like she's, other than the actual supernatural element of being a ghost, I think she fits <laughs> in great. Yeah, yes. I'm not saying that it doesn't fit. I'm saying that it it is so so weird that that's a choice that they made with the movie it almost got cut i um, love her and yeah thankfully it did because it's it is scary and also one of my favorite um parts of the movie but um but then he meets uh simone uh working at the truck stop to mm. pay for his meal who he's also like exclusively platonic to um 
I think they're both in for that, though. You think so? Yeah, like... The implication of any kind of cheating between the two of them, I think, is just from the jealousy of her boyfriend. I think they really are just friends. Yeah. 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 But I... mm, Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think that if... If he wanted to smooch, she would have smooched. Maybe. But we'll never know. It didn't seem like either of them was pushing towards it. We'll never know. She, uh... Don't wanna. Godspeed, Simone. She made her way to Paris. Godspeed. And then... Got to... For some reason, came back. Yeah, she came back for the movie at the end. Oh, that's right. right? Yeah, with her French boyfriend. Yep, yep, yep. Do you speak any French? No, I don't. I don't know why I thought about that. (laughs) Just in case maybe you did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyways, so, yeah, they watched the sunrise and the inside of of the giant dinosaur statue together, which looks really fun like a dream oh yeah. absolutely but of course the uh jealous boyfriend catches them and uh chases peewee towards a moving train that is conveniently going oh, yeah. to the alamo yeah. i believe it just it pulls up right to the alamo right or, or no it, at least to a sign that says like alamo this way or something he jumps off and lands in a field but like i don't remember Maybe it is like right there. Yeah, something like that. But, yeah. um, but uh, lo and behold, no basement. No in basement Alamo. in the Alamo. No basement in the Alamo. Don't make basements in Texas. Why no. would you? No. To, to get the fuck away from Texas. And I'd be going deeper into it. <laughs> That's called topical. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I felt really bad for Pee Wee when everybody was laughing at him because he thought that there was a basement. You know? That hurt. As someone who's been laughed at by a group before. That hurts. You ever been laughed at by a mass of people? I've told jokes before, yeah. (laughs) I don't don't think I've ever been laughed at like that. Okay, that's good. I'll arrange it for your birthday or something. I've just blocked it out of my mind. I've gotten (laughs) into a murderous rage and no one else remembers it either. Yeah. So Pee Wee then starts making his way home and after getting chased by the boyfriend again uh, and then setting a bull riding world record uh, he ends up at the biker bar where he of course predictably knocks over a row of motorcycles that's okay though yeah it is it is because he has a way out of it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so to, to escape they I mean they threaten to kill him um, Elvira <coughs> is the is the is that who that bi- was? Is the biker mama? I knew she looks familiar. <laughs> to kill him. Yeah. Um, but he escapes by busting out the Pee Wee dance uh, to the song Tequila, which is you'll have to look this dance up because I don't know how to explain it, and I don't want to yeah. have a bunch of dead air trying to. It's not much of a dance. It's not, but you know he's really he's really giving it a hundred and ten percent, and in those platform shoes too, on his tippy toes. Yeah. He walks into a biker bar, tells them to quiet down. They say, "We'll kill you if you stick around." He goes outside, yeah. knocks down every bike at the bar, <laughs> goes inside, and does the fruitiest dance in the world. And they're like, "This guy rules." And yeah, they give him a bike so much so that they give him a bike. <laughs> yeah, legend, which he immediately crashes immediately. <laughs> He doesn't know how to drive a bike. Yeah. 
This, this movie's not about him and his bike. No. He doesn't know anything about bikes. <laughs> yeah, the the dance, I think, is is goofier than Large Marge. It has it yeah. has a funny origin story that I wish was a little bit more fleshed out, but he said it was inspired by a dirty joke that his dad used to tell about putting one thumb in your ass and one thumb in your mouth and then switching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, I get the ass part from the dance, but he kind of just brings his thumbs around to the front, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... But so yeah, of course he crashes the motorcycle um, and then wakes up in the hospital and he sees on TV that his bike is being used as a prop in a movie. Mm-hmm. The day is not over yet. So he sneaks onto the <laughs> Warner Brothers lot that's filled with all these fun characters. He, <laughs> In this whole sequence, he, um, he crashes the music video for Twisted Sister, which I didn't, I didn't pick up watching it that that was twisted sister no <laughs> um, yeah what is what was their big song oh oh you're putting me on the spot i can, I can, I can see the cover yeah with the the caveman the and the bone pointing yeah yeah i'm thinking of the one that that they used for the spongebob movie i'm a goofy goober rock dun, 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 just look it up. Okay, and we're back. It's I Wanna Rock by Twisted okay. Sister. Which... Show me the cover. No, you can't play. God, don't do that. No, I know, I know. <laughs> Horrible radio. Show me the cover. I didn't look. I looked up the music. I'll show you later. It's Twisted Sister. I wanna rock. It turned into the Goofy Goober song. That's enough of that. It's enough Twisted Sister. We're moving on. We're already at, we're already over time. And uh, oh, at first he sneaks in with the posse of uh, Milton Burrell, Hollywood royalty, mm. old school Hollywood actor. All As the kids well. love Milton Burrell. <laughs> yeah. All the kids. Um, John. Paragon, who would later play Jambi the Genie, can be seen in the background in this. Oh. Um, Godzilla and G- 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 Ghidorah. Ghidorah? Ghidorah. Yeah. Um, Ghidorah, Ghidorah. It depends how, how yeah. you want to flesh it out. Yeah. <laughs> so he grabs his bike from the set and escapes the security guards, also on bikes, also on golf carts. It's a great bike chase. <laughs> Pee-wee knows a lot about bikes. <laughs> yeah. And then we have the weird pet shop scene tossed in there. He comes across the the flaming pet shop. (laughs) This is the one that actually doesn't seem to add anything to the movie other than seeing Pee-wee next to a bunch of animals. So I think what happened was they said, all right, we've got these guys, security guards, chasing Pee-wee. Some of them are getting hurt in the process. They've got, like, machines... How do we make Pee-wee get caught without Pee-wee getting caught and hurt? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, we have to make Pee-wee stop. What makes Pee-wee stop? Pee-wee stops to be a good guy. He's got to save all the animals from this fire. I suppose. It is really sweet that he does that. Um, Lifesaver. He saves every animal in the store, including the snakes. Including the snakes. Which don't even want to. He, Paul Rubens hated snakes. And Tim Burton made him do this. Oh, so that's like just like a... like. 
we're gonna weave this in because it's yeah. too real to leave out. Yeah, okay. he passed out two times during filming oh, with buddy. the snakes. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, they got the chimp. The chimp's helping out too. That made me, I told you when we were watching that. Yeah, that made yeah. me nervous. <laughs> after, after nope, I don't like chimps on movie sets. Well, after everything involving <laughs> chimps eating people. Yeah, lots of face ripping and stuff. And they have this chimp next to a bunch of fucking pyrotechnics and, and smoke machines going off and little puppies much smaller animals it could destroy um yeah, yeah. <laughs> just very very nerve-wracking but nothing um, nothing goes wrong in hollywood that's what they're talking yeah. about when they say movie magic movie magic yeah, yeah just ask alec baldwin just look into the twilight zone film <laughs> we'll cover it so the log does catch up with peewee for uh, stealing the bike and breaking onto the lot, um, but he strikes a deal. The end of this wraps up so neatly. He strikes a done. deal with Warner, <laughs> with Warner Bros. that uh, they'll drop the charges and return the bike if they can adapt his story into a screenplay. <laughs> and then we get to the end when we get to see Pee Wee and all of his friends at the premiere of his movie. He's uh, in the movie. He's played by. Uh, James Brolin, father of Josh Brolin, Big Daddy Thanos, and he plays the bellhop in the back of the shot, which I think this is actually the funniest part in the movie for me, is... Paging Mr. Herman, Mr. <laughs> Herman, paging Mr. Herman. And, because just watching him watch James Brolin... Just <laughs> staring. Staring, and then looking at the camera, he's like mouthing some of the lines. Yep. He's trying to get into the shot. It's fucking hilarious. His lower lip only, just <laughs> going along with it. The, the art of being an actor, being a terrible actor, mm-hmm. nails it. That's probably some of the hardest acting to do. Because you can't be too obvious about it. Right. Right. But yeah, so then Pee Wee and Dottie do get their happily ever after... As they, they ride off on his bike, right? Yeah. yeah. I think um, she's got her own, maybe? I feel like maybe. she does. Yeah. I think she does have her own. Either yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, they leave the movie early because Pee Wee doesn't need to see it. He lived the real thing. And when he says that, or no, he says he's, did he live the real thing or is he going to live the real thing? Because he... they leave right when they start smooching on screen. Oh. A little bit of both. Mm. A little bit of both, maybe. maybe. But, um. But yeah, so the movie was a huge hit across all age groups. Um, Variety compared him to Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton. High, high praise. It doesn't get better than that. And I would put him up there, too. Yeah, it's a great film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in terms of physical actors, Paul Rubens is up there with Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton. I think... He's got such an energy to him. Mm-hmm. Buster Keaton was, was more of an athlete him that roger ebert admitted uh that it's one of his guilty pleasures the film it brought in 40 being guilty dummy (laughs) it brought in 45 million at the box office with only a 6 million budget not too shabby much better than uh big top would go and then there was truly like zero time off between big adventure and peewee's playhouse um, because at the premiere of Big Adventure, CBS executives asked Rubens if he was interested in bringing Pee Wee to animation, which he turned down but suggested a live-action kids show, which brings us to Pee Wee's Playhouse. 
Okay, so about Pee-wee's Playhouse, Rubens said, I was thinking about how important all those kids' shows were to me when I was a kid, and uh, and how much I feel like they really affected me. And it just seemed really exciting to me. I was excited by the idea uh, that doing a real kids' show could potentially affect kids at, uh, in, in an amazingly positive and great way. And it certainly did, um, I think. For, certainly for both of us, Will, and like I said at the top of the show, pretty much everybody that I know. Yeah, uh, so like I said, I mean, like we were watching reruns, which was good. They stopped doing reruns of Pee-wee for a while after the incident. So thankfully by the time that we were kids, it was it was back on the air. Did you have a favorite character in Pee-wee's Playhouse? I don't think so. Hmm. I would say like, I remember watching the Penny sketches, and I always just wanted yeah. them to be better. I don't even know quite what I mean by that. Just <laughs> it's a weird, soft, frustrated part of my heart for the Penny bits. Yeah, those were fun though. They were weird, just they, not they as were. weird as I wanted. Yeah, fair enough. I always liked uh, Terry, the pterodactyl. Terry's great. Um, so yeah, it's uh, basically a kids' version of the Pee Wee Herman show. Um, it got thirty-two, uh, three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars per episode for a budget which is around what primetime shows got in the 80s so pretty good yeah so we have terry the pterodactyl phil hartman is back as captain carl john B. the genie um who probably wouldn't be a character today just a little outdated um mailman mike miss yvonne cherry the talking chair love cherry that's your favorite character there's cherry i mean that's my girl i don't know if she's my favorite girl <laughs> uh and Clocky, of course we have Clocky, and a young, fresh-faced Lawrence Fishburne as Cowboy Curtis. That's right. I love Cowboy Curtis. That <laughs> says something about my childhood. In, in our house, Lawrence Fishburne wasn't the guy from The Matrix. He was Cowboy, Cowboy Curtis, Curtis from yeah. Baby's Playhouse. Um, so they filmed the first season in a converted New York City loft, but uh, secured a set in L.A. after that. They said that the... New York uh, set was a sweatshop, which makes sense. And you can tell I watched the episode from the first season, and they do look awful sweaty up there. But yeah, the set was just so colorful and vibrant and nonsensical. Everything's too big. But yeah, it's really, really beautiful stuff. I think probably influenced my taste in art today. Hmm. Um, But yeah, Pee-wee plays with his toys jumps in the magic screen he gets visits from his friends and neighbors uh and the playhouse gang which is a group of actual little kids including a six-year-old natasha leone isn't that fun there's also the claymation skits inserted in uh some of those were made by Ardman, Ardman, Ardman studios who made um wallace and gromit wallace and gromit i fucking love wallace and gromit so much we should watch that soon we should so, and then, yeah, they have the secret word every episode. You have to scream if someone says it. We should do that for this. We should start screaming. <laughs> yeah, we just have to set it. What would, what would our word be? I'm going to put it out there. Uh, cantaloupe. All right, yeah, the yeah. next time one of us says cantaloupe at 11 <laughs> o'clock at night now, we're going to start screaming. All right. The show's theme song um, is actually by Cindy Lauper. Lauper. Is it Lauper or Lauper? I'll trust you. You're the music person. But it was credited to one of her backup singers, though. Uh, Rubens wanted Lopper. 
to do it, and she didn't want to, but she agreed to teach one of her backups to sing like her. Oh. Um, but the singer couldn't quite get it, so Cindy said fuck it and did it herself and still gave credit to the uh, the backup singer, huh. which is sweet. The show Weird. ran for five seasons with 45 episodes ending in late 1990. Please, to all of our streaming service executives listening, don't make us have to purchase each episode of Pee-wee's Playhouse. Just put it on a streaming service. I can't afford it. But uh, before Playhouse ended, Pee-wee got his second feature film, which is where we will pick back up next time with Big Top Pee-wee. So we'll cut it there. Um, And uh, on the next one, yeah, we'll start off with Big Top. We'll get into uh, his arrests, his fall and rise back to stardom, uh, Pee-wee's big holiday, his other acting roles, uh, his final years, the impact of his death, and more. So, any final thoughts, Will? Pee-wee. Pee-wee. Go watch Pee-wee. Go watch, Pee-wee. Go watch some Pee-wee before you listen to the next episode. Yeah. Just a little bit. At least at least check it out on HBO, or, excuse me, Max. Um, yeah. I've refused. Call I'm, up I'm still, Max. I'm still calling it HBO. But yeah, go watch, go watch the Pee-wee Herman show, or check out, um, check out Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Watch Big Top, mm-hmm. maybe. Be ready Actually, for it. Actually, yeah. Watch Big Top and get ready for it. Because we're not going to dive quite as deep into it as we did with um, with Big we? Adventure. Um, it just didn't quite didn't quite hit the same. Or will we? We might. We actually end up might <laughs> talking about it uh, a little bit longer. Because it is, it is goofy um, and sexy. You guys will like how sexy it is. But um, We love a sexy, dirty, sweaty peewee. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of dirt, a lot of sweat in this next one. So, Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to our very first episode of Late Night Lobotomies. Uh, I hope your brain goo is satisfied on both sides. Follow us here on Spotify and on Instagram at Late Night Lobotomies. I'm Ev Tryon. I'm Will. No last name, Will. Have a gooey night, everybody. Thank you.